This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Today's topic is by popular demand. And that is, I asked on Instagram this morning for some podcast topics that you all would love for us to tackle over the next few months. And it was so interesting because when you ask a question on Instagram, for those of you who might not be familiar with Instagram, you cannot see the responses. Like I can see the responses, but no one else can see the responses. But there was something that kept getting requested, almost in the same wording. And it was, how do you make time for romance when you have kids? And so I thought, okay, we've talked in the past. We've done a few episodes on romance and keeping the sparks flying and everything. But specifically, we're going to talk today about some creative ideas and ways that we keep the romance going keep those fires burning when life is full and you have kids who need to be going lots of different places. And because we're in the teen stage as well, teens in and out of our house all the time and then little ones as well. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get to that, Jesse, you have something that's saving your life. You told me, and I have no idea what it is. So I'm very curious. So we're going to start off with you telling us what's saving your life. Okay. So I learned about uh, this guy, and I don't remember what his name is, um, but he's got a 
a stretching mobility um, program called Knees Over Toes. And I have been suffering for quite a long time with knee pain, just from getting old and from really squats. Old. So and, much older than me. Yeah, overuse generally. And so I started doing uh, his regimen. And I tell you what, uh, I can tell a huge difference already. And I've just been doing it a couple weeks. So that's what's been saving my life here lately. I had no idea you were doing this. And I had no idea that your pain was better. Is that the thing? Maybe I've come in a few times and you've been doing some weird stretching thing or something. Uh, That's GoWad probably, the stretching. But uh, you know what? No. Um, He he does have some kind of like weird lunges that he has you do. Might have been that. So a lot of calf stretching. Actually, um, tibialis stretching. So your tibialis is your muscle in your, on your shin. And that actually, uh, it runs along the side of your shin. And that can cause some knee pain as well. So stretching that. And then, but one of the big things that he's a, an advocate of is walking backwards. And walking backwards with a sled. We don't have a sled. So can you explain what a sled is for people who are picturing like a snow Sled. Snow, snow sled. <laughs> so this this would be like a weight bearing uh, implement that you can push. It's a CrossFit. Well, or or just a. Um, I've only seen in CrossFit. An implement. Okay. Yeah, but you can also. Well, they do it in a, football too. I think. Yes, do they use it's, it a, it's a strength and conditioning okay. implement. Anyhow, you you can put a strap to it and go backwards, and because of how you position your leg your legs and your knees whenever you're walking backwards it's helping strengthen your glutes and your and your quads and your hamstrings in such a way that it takes off pressure from your knee and so you're pulling it like you're pulling it as you're walking backwards uh basically yep Yep. so what i did because i don't have one i i've got a rig in our in our gym and i um, put a barbell up on the rig and then this is where you didn't like how I rearranged things in the gym. Um, put the treadmill so that it's uh, the the treadmill is actually going into the rack, and I made it so that I can hold on to the barbell while walking backwards without any power. Uh, so it kind of mimicked how it would be with the sled. How long are you doing that for? Fifteen minutes. Wow! And so what I started doing here recently though was actually putting it like at a, a one mile an hour um, speed and then putting it up at an incline and walking backwards with that and, and not worrying about holding on to anything to mimic a sled um, it makes it a little bit easier but man it makes your uh, muscles fire but this is helping your it is knee pain even though all I can think of is this would be causing more pain. Mm-mm. All the muscle soreness and everything. No, no, no. It's just tightness, like my hip flexors and adductors. So So now the mystery is solved as to why pretty much every single day when I go into the gym to walk on the treadmill, it's moved in some odd way. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I was like, what is he doing in here? There's intention behind it. Okay. Well, I'm glad that that's saving your life and your knees. Mine that I was going to share is a little bit along the same lines, although I'm still so young that I'm not happy 
having any of those kinds of issues. You know, you had to say that while I was drinking because I just about spit everything (laughs) over the soundboard. Whatever you're drinking there, he got it up to his mouth and then it was like, yeah, that was was perfect timing. I wish we had a video of that. (laughs) But as a young spring chicken, um, I have been walking outside every day. So usually every morning, we've talked about this many times, I walk on the treadmill, I read and pray over my day. And it's just kind of this good foundational start to my day. And I love that. But since the weather's been much, much nicer recently, most of the days, mm-hmm. I've really been itching to get outside and also wanting to get Kirsten and baby D outside. Kirsten especially just loves, mm-hmm. loves being Always outside. Begging to go outside. <laughs> and so I'm not really an outside sort of person, but she is helping me to be much more consistent about spending much more time outside. But one thing that I found is taking her out on a walk is great because she's getting outside, she's getting the fresh air and sunshine, but then I'm also able to get in some good, just get some cardio. And it's just so refreshing. I'm not pushing myself super hard, but I turn on my audiobook and put her in the stroller and we just go and she loves it. And I just am finding that I'm coming back home feeling so rejuvenated by doing that. And so getting outside and getting walks has been saving my life. I have been reading this book. It is a pre-release copy, but it comes out fairly soon by Encourage. Um, It's edited by Becky Keefe. I've actually had her on the podcast before. It's called Come Sit With Me. And the subtitle is so good. Let me pull this up. Come sit with me. How to delight in differences, love through disagreements, and live with discomfort. And it's written by over 30 women who are writers for the website called Encourage, which is part of Dayspring. And it's just all their different perspectives on what it looks like to love people who you disagree with, to walk through hard friendship situations, to forgive, to um, love even when that's the last thing you want to do. And it's very practical, but it's also very personal. And I've just really enjoyed it. And I felt like the different voices and different perspectives has been really helpful. Um, Also, I just think in this time frame where we are, we talked about this when we talked about um, Brant Hansen's book, Unoffendable, just how people are so easily offended. And it was just interesting because I was actually reading this book on the treadmill this morning and I took a little break and I was checking my Instagram messages and took a break while I was still walking. Just okay, to you were walking that. on the, you said you were reading on the treadmill. So I was like, are you laying on the treadmill? Or <laughs> I was walking and reading the book on the treadmill. And I took a little break and I checked my messages on Instagram and there was a message from someone and she was very upset And it was very accusatory towards me and just, you know, kind of bringing in a lot of things of like how I am hurting women and destroying women and um, shaming women. And just she she had some very strong accusations towards me. And it was about a couple of posts that I had written that she was very upset by. And, you know, there was part of me that was like, I could just delete this. I try to never defend myself on the Internet. But I had just been reading that book and it was all about come sit with me. And I thought, you know what? Okay, Jesus, how can I respond in a way that is really loving, 
but that is not in any way, shape or form, like trying to get my way or being passive aggressive or trying to manipulate a situation. And so I just responded really honestly of like, thank you so much for sharing with me. And I really appreciate you taking the time and caring enough to share this with me. And, you know, I just, I was just loving, but also trying to be willing to say, like, I hear you. Mm-hmm. And not necessarily, I agree with you because I didn't, but I hear you. And I want mm-hmm. to, to give you space for that. And what was fascinating to me is she wrote back and within like three messages that we had back and forth, her complete tone changed from extremely accusatory to her last message was, I love you and your family. And I'm just so blessed by you all. And I just like pray blessings on you or something. And it was just, it was really cool because I felt like I was actually hands-on real time implementing some of the things that I'm gleaning from this book and how she said to me, she said, thank you so much for taking the time to actually listen to me. I feel very heard. And that means so much to me. And I think so often that's what people want. They just, they want to feel Mm -hmm. heard. And when we just kind of immediately respond with um, trying to be defensive or shutting them down, it just makes things worse. Mm -hmm. And so this book has just really been challenging me and kind of paired with unoffendable. How can I approach these situations that are awkward or sticky or uncomfortable in a way of just really caring for the person and for their heart? And I've just been real convicted by that. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes. And I think it's coming out in the next few months. So again, that was Come Sit With Me. And it is by Encourage, edited by Becky Keefe. Jesse, you said you had a book that you have been listening to. I have. Um, So I was listening to uh, Jack Carr's most recent podcast here. And he had on an author. And uh, his name is uh, Brad Meltzer. Fascinating podcast interview. But he... In addition to some thriller thriller books that he has, um, he has written a a handful of books on conspiracy theories in history. And he was telling some of the stories behind some of the books that he's written, and it really drew me in. I thought it was just fascinating. So I started, I went on to Libby and downloaded uh, three of the books. And the one book that I'm listening to right now is called, I think it's, it's The First Conspiracy. And it's about the conspiracy to kill George Washington uh, during the War of Independence. And this was, uh, I haven't quite got to the point where uh, the conspiracy has been completely, um, basically, the, everything was, was put down. They're still investigating everything, but they're kind of in the height of investigating the conspiracy. And it uh, all takes place in New York City in and around um, first part of uh, January to July of 1776. So, you know, right as everything was starting to kick off. And um, it's just fascinating how, you know, you think about how people would communicate back then and uh, the interpersonal relationships and, you know, (laughs) way before social media and instantaneous communications. You know, they're talking about traveling from Boston to New York City, took two weeks traveling by foot, 12 hours a day. Mm. 
through snow and hail and all. And, and it's like, let's see, we drove that in <laughs> what less than a day. So anyway, it's it a fascinating book, but there's a lot of interesting characters, a lot of people that you, you would know a lot of people in history that are very well known, uh, that are central in the, into the conspiracy and, and in solving uh, the conspiracy as well. So just to clarify, this is nonfiction? It or is nonfiction. Fiction? Okay. And when you say conspiracy, are you saying like they conspired against him to kill him? They conspired together. Okay. Yes. So, because I think when we think of conspiracy theories, mm-hmm. we have a different viewpoint. So I was like, is this something that it's actually real or something that kind of passed down through the ages? There's been this conspiracy theory that the problem this with, was- the, with this particular one is there's not a whole lot of historical record written down. There's having to piece through a lot of different clues to come up with what this conspiracy was. So in a way it's kind of a kind of both. Okay. And that was called The First Conspiracy by Brad Meltzer and we will, or Meltzer, I think. Meltzer. Meltzer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll link to that in the show notes. All right, Jesse, making time for romance when you have kids. You know, as we were talking ahead of time, I think the biggest thing for making time for anything in your life, you know, that is making time is basically saying, I'm being intentional. Right. And I'm prioritizing this. And so if you just sit around and wait for the time to appear for anything in life, it's probably not going to. Mm-hmm. But if you're intentionally saying, I'm going to make time for this because this is important to me, you're usually going to be able to find a way to make time for it. And so if it's important to you, you'll find the time. And so I think that's the number one key to making time for romance is prioritize it. And I think as women, it's really important that we recognize, even though, you know, especially when our kids are little, but even when they're teenagers, it feels like they have a lot of needs and you can easily fall into prioritizing their needs over your marriage. Because some of these things feel so pressing. Mm-hmm. But to recognize that the greatest gift that I can give my kids is a strong marriage. I, it's the greatest gift. One of I would say one of the greatest gifts that I can give my kids is mm-hmm. a strong marriage. And that is when I think about me prioritizing their needs over and over and over and over and over again over my marriage, I'm actually doing a disservice to my kids long-term. Mm-hmm. And so to have that mindset is really helpful to me because when there's those choices that you have to make to think, okay, what is going to matter in 25 years from now? What is most important right now? There are sometimes when this thing with this child is, it has to be the priority. But there are many times when you can get creative and say, you know what? Yes, we need to take care of this thing. But spending time with my spouse for even just a little bit of time, that's the number one priority right now. So I'm going to set this aside. You know, I, I was thinking like, let's say a toddler 
they need to have a bath. Like, you know, okay, so yes, sometime this morning they need a bath, but my spouse, we're not seeing eye to eye on something. And we really need to have a conversation to process through something. I want to put my marriage ahead of the toddler whenever I possibly can, because that's going to be the best thing for everyone long-term. Do you agree with that? Well, you know, the first thing that I thought about when you said that we were going to cover this was the word intentional, because you do have to be intentional. You can't just let something happen. It's not, it's not going to happen, like you said. So yes, I agree that in t- being intentional is really one of the first parts of keeping romance alive in a busy marriage. Um, I was thinking as, as a man, as a husband, um, you know, one thing that I can do is to show love to you in a way that you receive it. And, you know, we've talked, I don't know if we've talked much about love languages here. We did an episode not too terribly long ago on that. But it's important that you know how your spouse receives love because you could be doing something thinking that you're communicating love and that you are trying to encourage that romance and encourage communication when it totally falls on deaf ears mm-hmm. and it's not received in such a way that communicates love. So um, really being intentional about doing those things that show love to your spouse. Well, I think, you know, for me, acts of service mm-hmm. That's very important. And so... Well, I was just thinking in that example that you gave, one way would be giving that bath to the child. Mm -hmm. Like you saying, how can I help you? And you do this a lot. You'll say, how can I help you? You know, so... And I didn't used to. Yes. And so for us to... I know that spending time with you is really important. And sometimes I'll look at the day and I'll be like... I don't really know how to do all the pieces, but it's really important to me to spend time with you. And so I'll go to you and I'll literally say, look at, look at my to-do list. Look at what's on the schedule for today. I want to spend time with you. Can you help me figure out how we can make that happen? And so mm-hmm. just for me to communicate that to you, I think that means a lot to you because I'm saying like first priority is time with you but I need your help to figure out how to make it happen. And I'm not in that saying, please help me and take all these things off of my plate. Cause right. a lot of times you will just say, you know, well, you really don't need to do those three things or we could put that to tomorrow. Or why don't you ask the kids to help with that? Or here's a way we can simplify that. But then sometimes it'll be like, let me take care of this errand and this project. And then that frees you up to be able to have time right. with me. And so then the other thing is, I think, getting creative with what you have. We've talked about on the podcast recently how we've had some creative dates. One of the goals that I set for 2022 was that we would have a date every single month. And I know for some couples, you have a date every single week. That is not something that we have consistently done. And so just once a month is kind of a little bit of a, you know, good challenge for us. Like let's come up with a creative way to make it happen. And so in January, it was that we met, we had a 45 minutes space of time where you were dropping Silas off at baseball. I was coming from another appointment 
and he was going to be at practice. And we, we figured out there was a 45 minute time when the girls could be watching Kirsten and baby D. And so we just met at a local place and they have these cool fountain drinks. And we did that and we just sat and talked and it was very simple, but we creatively made that time and to do something a little bit out of the ordinary too. And I think for you, that's something I've learned is that you kind of like trying new things. Mm -hmm. And so me coming up with that idea and saying, Hey, I looked in Thursday night or whatever night it was, you know, we have this time that we can make that happen. You're going to be close by there. I found this new place that I thought I'd like to check out. And it's me being, taking that initiative and being proactive and prioritizing in my mind, planning ahead for something that I knew would be meaningful to you and also to me as well. And then in February, we talked about this where we had a date in the parking garage before my OB appointment. And, you know, again, you were coming from somewhere. I was coming from somewhere. We met there. We didn't have enough time to actually go out to breakfast, but you picked up breakfast and we sat in at the top of the parking garage. So there was sunshine and just sat in the car and ate yummy breakfast and talked. And so it's, you know, getting creative with what you have and that is going to look different for every couple. And we're in a season where we can't really go and spend hours away, especially from baby D. And I don't physically feel up to doing a lot of wild, crazy adventures, Um, but we can get creative with what we have. And you know, these little pockets of time, these little times where we're saying, you matter. I want to prioritize you. Let's do something a little out of the ordinary to just invest in our marriage. It's so good. I think another thing that has really helped, it's kind of the glue that holds our marriage together is laughter. We love to get the other person to laugh. And so I feel like it's this daily challenge to share something with the other one that's going to make them laugh, whether it's a funny story from one of the kids, whether it's a meme that we found on the internet, a video, just sharing it with each other and laughing together. Now, you have more of a challenge probably than I do because Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just shared something with me like an hour ago that you thought was really funny. And I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then by the time I did get it, I was like, no, you never got it. I had to explain. Well, it. yes. Okay. By the time I got it, because you explained it to mm-hmm. me, it kind of ruined the yeah. punchline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, you, you have your work cut out when it comes to that, but I know it always is a big win for you when you can get me to laugh. Oh, it's probably once a year. No, it's not. You've been sending me videos recently and I would say like every fourth one has been making me oh, laugh. okay. Good. So you've been doing a good job. And, you know, just little things like, for instance, we have been playing Wordle. I know. I was just thinking of that. As a family. And we have our family group text where it's just the five of us, um, you and I and the three older kids. And every day we kind of have this competition to see who can score the best on Wordle. And it's just a little thing, but it's just kind of... A fun, yeah, it's just fun as a family. A fun thing to do as a family, and I feel like in our marriage as well, it's just a little extra spark 
that you do. You know, so looking for these little things, they don't take much time. They don't take much effort. It's just something you do on the daily that puts a little spark into your relationship. Another thing I was thinking is we love to exercise PDA in front of our kids, <laughs> much to their chagrin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just something fun. We always like to kind of figure out, oh, one of the teens is coming downstairs. We're going to like plant ourselves. So like right when they come around the corner, we're just like kissing each other full out. And so that it totally catches them by surprise. And they're just running into the other room like, oh, everybody get out of here, you know, like get a room. And it's just, I think it's important for our kids to see us having that lightheartedness of romance, Mm -hmm. but also it's just something fun that it's kind of like we share together that again, keeps those sparks flying. Mm -hmm. I was thinking of one thing and that is we talk a lot or maybe you listen and I talk, (laughs) you rolled your eyes at me. Um, No, I didn't roll my eyes. I looked up in the corner. (laughs) You've perfected the art of non-rolling, <laughs> rolling your eyes. And I think that that is a piece that really is important for romance. I think that for women, the emotional intimacy piece is very powerful. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that involves talking and sharing with you. But it's it's funny because your home... And I'm home. We both work from home. So we see each other a lot. But we talk on the phone a lot mm-hmm. as well. And that's one thing when you're driving or I'm driving, because there's a lot of driving involved in our lives right. of shuttling people here and there. A lot of the time we pick up the phone and we talk. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it goes to what you were talking about in that book that you just read. And that is being heard and m- making sure that you feel like you were being heard. And that's very important. And I think for you to recognize that and then for me to communicate that. But I think also I've learned that I need to limit myself too. I know this is going to surprise you that, but if you've noticed how sometimes I'll say, you know, I just need, I just need two minutes, two, two minutes, <laughs> a little bit longer, five minutes two, later, <laughs> a little bit longer than two minutes, but no, that's usually, so usually you say, Hey, can I, can I talk to you? For, uh, just two minutes, two minutes, 10 minutes later. Hey, but it's not 35 minutes. Okay. You're right. So, exactly. so, so if I tell myself two minutes, at least I'm trying to limit myself. And that's me understanding that it's important for you to kind of know, okay, this is not going to be a 47 minute conversation where she 46 maybe but not 47 <laughs> uh, because i have the gift of words and so for you yeah. to, for you to recognize that it's a, really important for me to verbally process things but for me to recognize that you also need to know okay she's going to share two things with me she says these two things and so i found you know to approach right. you and say i have two questions for you or two things i want to go over with you Um, It'll just take a few minutes. Can you let me know when you have a time in the next little bit to talk about that? And so it's helpful because my personality is to just kind of jump right in and be like expecting you to stop everything and listen to me. Mm -hmm. And it could be for a really long time. 
And so for me to recognize, no, me showing love to you is saying, I want to give you the opportunity to kind of choose when you're, you know, close down whatever it is you're doing, finish up what you're doing. And then that, you know, it's not just going to be for eternity that I'm going to be talking. (laughs) There will be an end in sight. And I think that's been helpful. And so that's just, you know, learning to communicate about communication and, and what's important for both of us. And I know like for you, if you call me to tell me something and I'm in the middle, what are you laughing about? Do you know where this is going? Maybe. If I'm in the middle of something, my personality can be like not fully listening or being like, okay, I got to go. Okay. I got to go. And for me to recognize saying to you, I got to go. That's hurtful to you. And so if you've called me to tell me about something, you want me to be fully present. And that quality time is very important to you. And so quality time, you know, you always think of it, it's just being like, oh, that we're sitting together and doing these things together. Mm -hmm. But I've learned for you, it means that I'm fully present with you and that I don't communicate to you. I'm on a tight time. Right time deadline like you that really is hurtful to you and feels like I'm rejecting you mm-hmm. if I instantly you know like in my mind I'm thinking well I'm just helping you out to know that I don't have a lot of time if you call me and I'm like I have just have a few minutes but for you that communicates you're not a priority right and so us just learning these things that you know it's those little things that can really ruin a day and it's those ruined days that add up to a ruined relationship. Yep. And so I feel like learning to nip those little things in the bud, learning to talk about those things, learning to communicate how to communicate that's helped deepen our relationship and our romance so much more. And then finally, I was just thinking, you know, f- having things that we do that it's just the two of us. And even just this podcast, like this is just a fun thing that we do. We're not doing it because we have all these sponsors and we're making all this money or we're doing it, you know, honestly, like all strategic in order to grow the business. It's none of those things. It's just something that we really enjoy doing together. And it's one of the few things business-wise that we do together. Mm-hmm. And that's outside of kind of everything else. It's just you and I sitting down and sharing and talking. And I learned stuff like (laughs) you doing the knees to toes thing or whatever. Knees over toes. Okay. I learned stuff about you pretty much every single time that we sit down. And so it's just been fun to be able to do that as well. So for everyone listening, thank you for listening, for showing up every week and downloading because that encourages us to continue on with this. And it's something that we really enjoy doing. And I feel like it kind of helps in a little way. It keeps the sparks flying in a creative way for us to have this thing that we're doing, like we're creating something together. Mm -hmm. Any parting thoughts, Jesse? No, I was just thinking, you know, if if any of you have any great ideas on little things to keep romance alive in times of busyness, whether it's kids or work or what, whatever it may be, there's always something that gets in the way. But if we 
keep our marriage relationship as a priority, which it should be. It's important to be intentional and it's great to share ideas back and forth. So, Yeah, we love hearing from you as always. So if you have thoughts, we'd love to hear from you. How do you keep romance alive? How do you make time for romance in the middle of a lot going on? Like Jesse said, send an email to us, crystal at moneysavingmom.com and we might share some of your tips in a future episode. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 